Hi, friends, and welcome back to the Asbury Deep Dive podcast. I'm Melissa Ivey, and as always, it's just so great to uh, be with you all. We're going to be diving into Sunday's sermon. And if you ever want text updates, and we would love to do that for you guys, just send you a text every time a new podcast goes up. You can text the words at Asbury Dive to 81010. And yes, I almost just said text here to 484848. So that's not right. Do the at Asbury grad to, no, Asbury Dive to 81010. I have too many of these. I need to narrow that down. Anywho, today to discuss the sermon, I've brought along my friend Lauren. Hi, Melissa. Hey, and Lauren. Everyone. <laughs> um, she is our social media coordinator. Is that your Correct. official title? Yes. Oh man, look at that. Nailing it today. Um, and so Lauren, tell us more about yourself. Tell us all about your hobbies. My hobbies, I am really big into traveling. Wow. Well, which, you know, it's kind of, what a year for it. <laughs> I know, what are you, <laughs> what are you seeing this year? You know what, I actually have done some traveling a little bit safely, you know, mm-hmm. but because some plane tickets have been a bit cheaper and, you know, gas prices did go down, but just had to be safe about it. Right, right. Yes. You can still do it well yeah. at this point at least. We'll see what else happens. So where's your favorite place you've ever been? Italy. Uh, I've only been to Milan. I've only been to Northern Italy. I really want to get to Southern Italy. Yeah, I live with a host family in Aww. like right outside of Florence and Siena for a summer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've done a couple study abroad programs and, you know, my dad's side of the family is Italian. So I just love awesome. anything and everything about Italy. Yeah. Where's the least favorite place you've ever traveled? Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I have a least favorite place. I have a love-hate relationship with Paris. Well, I mean, I think that's fair. <laughs> yes, because I, I wanted to love Paris so bad. And then within the first hour and a half I was there, I got pickpocketed and oh, man. had to learn how to wire money so I could get home and, you know, eat for the week. And Ugh. so I think if that Paris. wouldn't have happened, I would like Paris a little bit more. Yeah, that's fair. It is, it is. People always say Paris is a romantic city, which I was like, okay, whatever. And I went there and I went, I was there with my little sister and I was there and I was like, this is a romantic place. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I was surprised by that, but very fun. So what got you into traveling? I grew up in a very small town, very small town with my graduating class in high school was 41 people. And we didn't go on family vacations a lot, didn't travel much. And I always just kind of interested of like the looming what's out there Mm -hmm. um, than the little seven square miles of my town. Seven square miles. Yes. (laughs) Seven. Wow. Very fun. Yeah. That is one way to definitely learn to love traveling. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because I would, you know, there's obviously not much to do within seven square miles. So besides whatever activities I was doing in school, I mean, I'd spend hours just like Googling and looking up different places and just kind of imagining and dreaming. And Oh, yeah. yeah. How lovely. Well, shall we talk about the sermon? Yes. So this past Sunday, our very own John Vick got to preach. Yes. He's the 22 boy wonder, 22 year old <laughs> boy wonder, I would say. He's wonderful. I love listening to him talk. Yes. Um, and if you were there for the 930, this brought me great joy. Um because I was, so I was assisting. So I was in all three services. So I tentatively listened, very tentatively listened to the sermon at eight o'clock. 
And then at 9.30, I was distracted <laughs> because there were kids, little kids came in the, I think, I, I don't know if it's a children's choir or what, came in at the beginning of the service and did like a performance with them, which was awesome. But then they had drums and tambourines left on the stage that John then preached around and he's a pacer. He so is. he was like <laughs> dancing around these instruments the whole time. And I was just like, oh, is he going to step on that one? Is he going to step on that one? Like, what would it sound like if he stepped on that one? He should just kick it out of the way. And I was just like thinking about that the whole time. He didn't trip, did he? No, he didn't step on him a single oh. time. There was once he almost did, but <laughs> oh, no. it was kind of amazing and distracting for me. But yes, I had already, I heard the sermon three times. So yes, I missed that. I was at 11 o'clock. Yeah, 11 was good. But then the other thing, side tangent before we actually talk about things. The other thing that I loved about the 930 was whenever he, <laughs> makes me laugh so hard. He was talking about the song by Corey Asbury, but he said, and the new song out by Francis Asbury. <laughs> <laughs> And then he corrected himself. I was like, oh, no, sorry. It's Corey Asbury. <laughs> but it was just so funny to think like, a new song by Francis Asbury. <laughs> I laughed for literally the rest of the sermon. And then I saw him after the service. And we just both laughed about it because we were like, that was so funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> Anywho, man, if you haven't watched the sermon, go watch it just for those key moments. <laughs> exactly. Just kidding. He did fantastic. We were in Romans 8. Um, Romans 8 verses 31 through 36 um, were the verses. And so just talking about that concept of what well, the, the, the proclamation is, if God is for us, who can be against us? Which is just an amazing statement, you know, and so really just diving into that. And so he really started talking about, um, well, I liked his comment about how the scripture was meant to be read with excitement and joy, not with a monotone voice. And I was like, so, so true. And also what a call out to us in church when we're reading scripture out loud, which is a powerful thing. And we're like, and then Jesus said, <laughs> you know, instead of like putting the emphasis on it. Yes. I think the same thing when we're saying the Lord's Prayer or the yeah. Apostles' Creed too. I mean, yes, we say it every week, but it's important. It's important. And there's so much depth there. And um, it's that weird balance because like, in your head, you're like, I should be saying this better. But then you're also like, oh, but if I say it differently, I'm going to get out of the rhythm with everyone else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So he then lined out three ways that people might think that God relates to them that isn't God is for them, um, which is, I think these three ways are most often what people actually think about God instead of what God truly is saying in this passage. You know, he said that most people either think God is indifferent towards them. And he used the example of pecan pie, which I thought was very funny because <laughs> I hate pecan pie. Um, anywho, so pecan pie, I'm just being indifferent to it. And like, don't love it, but we'll eat it if I have to. You know, it's just there, you know, just that's indifference. And then another category of people saying God is actively against them. And then the third one being the conditional, like God is for me only if I X, Y, Z. Exactly. Um, well, I definitely get excited about Romans 8 because it is one of my favorite it's chapters so in the entire Bible. And so I could just go on and on and get very giddy about it. But in my personal life, um, I feel like it's very flip-flopped. I feel like a lot of families tend to um, bring their kids to church. And I was the opposite with my mm. family. Like I was the one bringing my family to church. Mm. And so it's not like that traditional view. And so I see a lot of like, these concepts that John laid out um, within my family or friends and people that I grew up with. Um, you know, one of the big ones is like, you know, if I'm trying to think how to say this. Um, so for example, like I know someone who their child had 
brain cancer. And, Mm. you know, that's a very tough season. And, um, you know, kind of questioning like, God, why, why are you against me? Like, why did you do this to Mm. my child? And, um, even years later, even though everything's like, okay, um, still just kind of like that disconnect and God was not the one who gave your child brain cancer. And so that's like one example I think of, um, another, just the way you, sorry, the way you like, look at the situation life throws at you. You know, you can look at these things as, oh, God hates me. The universe is working against me, yada, yada, yada. You know, instead of just being like, you know what? Sin is in this world and bad things happen. Exactly. And that's just one of those concepts. It's, it is about sin and, um, you know, we all have sin and Right. But, well, I'm not saying that the people who are sick are sinful and that's why they're sick, but exactly. sin caused the world to be broken. The world is now broken. Bad things now happen. Exactly. And it's just having to be able to learn how to explain that concept better and be like, well, if God was loving, then God wouldn't have done this. And You're like, God didn't do it. God yeah. didn't do this. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And God was still there with you through every moment. And God right. is still there with you now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's like the one of the biggest examples of when I think of people who say, you know, God is against me. Um, and then I also think of kind of the indifference or like having to prove yourself is like having your little check check mark. Like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I have to come to church and already be fixed. Like right. when the whole concept is like you're coming to God as you are and mm-hmm. he meets you where you're at and then— you know, to go from there. He's there to walk alongside you. You don't have to check off. Like, I went to church this week. I did one good deed. I did this for God's gift of salvation Mm -hmm. to be offered to you. Right. It's so, it's so backwards. Like, it's such, like, the free gift of grace, the free gift of um, Christ is just so backwards to what we understand. And I think even in subtle ways, I can catch myself making it about a checklist. And it's, I mean, God wants us to go, like he's step one. Like you need help, God is step one instead of all these other things. So like the other day, well, recently I've been wrestling with some stuff and whatnot. And I um, I was like, oh, I need, I need Jesus. I need, I need to work on this. I need to grow, like all these things. And then what did I do first step? I made a to-do list. <laughs> I didn't pray. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't say, okay, Jesus, let's work on my heart. I went down and I sat down and I was like, okay, what areas do I need to really work on right now? Or like, okay, what things do I really need to focus on? And I wrote that out. And then I like stepped back and had a moment of just like, Jesus, do you agree? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, I got this backwards. I need to go to God and let him work out this in my heart and, and work that out. You know, it's so easy to want to do and get into action instead of just turning to Christ first. Yes, exactly. We yeah. want to come on later and be like, oh, okay, well, I've talked about this with mom, grandma, best right. friend first, and then I'll talk about it. have a reasonable you. answer already, but you can throw in your suggestion if you want. I'll exactly. listen to it. Yeah. And it's, it's just such a different way to live when you not, I mean, set the, set it right in your mind, I would say, um, but kind of just learn how to go to Christ first. And when you do go to him in your brokenness and you see that there's so much love and joy and grace there and so much restoration, like um, it's so much easier time and time again to go back to him before you're fixed and to realize that he's the only place that you'll get fixed in a way that will actually be growth and something you can sustain throughout your life, you know? And so it's just that like first step of like, okay, going to God first with this. Like, I don't know how I might react, you know, mm-hmm. um, but being brave in that and all that, all that good stuff. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And going to God with it first without any like preconceived notations, like, 
oh, but this is how I already want it. But just double checking mm. with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, look, this is my detailed business proposal for what my life will be like for the next five years. Can I just get your stamp, your signature here, sir? Yeah. Yeah, instead of just saying, okay, Christ, like, do whatever you want with me. Like, that's such a... Yeah, one time I heard it as an example um, for all of you who are dating out there um, (laughs) or like in a relationship or single. um, If, you know, we kind of wonder like, oh, when's God going to put that like perfect person in my life? And let's say, you know, God like came down and was like, Lauren, you're going to meet your soulmate on November 18th, 2021. You would live your life completely Mm -hmm. different up until then. And that can be about anything in the world and but that is the whole reason of faith and that is how we should live every day is that even though he hasn't come down he has come down in the bible and he has told us this anyways and so we should live like that every day Mm -hmm. yeah no absolutely i like that i think perspective is so important i love that we were just talking about suffering the past two sundays leading up to talking about this because i think if you don't have a good understanding of why we suffer it's really 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 hard to believe that god is for you yes because it is there is a lot of crappy stuff out there there is a lot of confusion (laughs) and chaos and it is not that hard to find brokenness at all (laughs) no Um, especially in 2020 yeah (laughs) and especially in covid like there's there's just so much brokenness around and it is so easy if you don't fully understand god's character or some of the key Bible passages or certain things to misinterpret it and be like, oh, God mm-hmm. hates us, you know? And so it's really important to have that that Christian lens or the Christ lens, you know, to have him refocus our mind and our thoughts and um, such a good topic. But then, so let's hypothetically say you've done all that and then, you know, have have a good understanding of suffering and you believe, you know, you know, not God's not doing these things against you. You know, my sister's sick. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, if my family had been like, oh, God did, did this to us, you know, my mom and I wouldn't work at church. You know, my yes. family wouldn't be Christians. Like if we had just believed that was an act against us, but instead it's been something we've used to minister out of and we've, mm-hmm. we've seen great things happen out of. Um, and I think, so Tom at staff meeting today did an example about, um, optimism versus hope. So you could even say optimism or pessimism versus hope. And I really like what he said because optimism and pessimism um, are in relation to the situation. So, you know, the example is, is the glass half full or half empty? And that will tell you if you're optimist or pessimist. And that's completely related to how you're looking at the situation. Yes. Um, But then hope is regardless of if the glass is even there or half full, half empty, all the way, you know, any of those things, you have hope in the Lord, Um, which I thought was just so cool. Exactly. I can think back in different seasons of my life. And, you know, before like a certain point in my life, I'm like, oh, you know, that moment sucked or, oh, that moment was so great. I don't want to relive that you know. (laughs) But, you know, now when I look back, I'm like, I can see how God was working and through every little piece and how it's connected together, good or bad. It wasn't like his fault. You know, I, a human free will, like made certain decisions, but he was still present looking back in every moment. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah, absolutely. Perspective is so important, especially um, in hard times. And so then on Sunday, John gave four implications. Um, And the first one was who can be against us, which is, you know, the scripture. But, you know, it's a solid question of, okay, we believe God is for us. Who can be against us? And as he was talking, all I could think about was how the church has survived since Christ. You know, that the church has been around for 2,000-ish years, um, which is absolutely crazy. 
Um, because if you think about it, this is just a random group of people. Like that's truly what the church is. If you really, really think about it, like, you know, if you really get down to it, you have churches where some people have nothing in common besides Christ. Um, but that is such a unifying factor. And, you know, you think about all these reigns of great people, like Alexander the Great, Herod, if you want to go to Bible times, you know, later than that, um, you can go to Napoleon or, you know, some current world powers. And I don't know, you know, all you think about history and you realize things rise and fall all the time, you know no one human can reign forever. Like that's just true because they're going to die at some point at least, you know? Um, but then you look at the church and it has survived all of that. Yes. You know, it's made it through all of that. It's made it through horrible times of church history, like the crusades. It's made it through great times of church history where there's been great growth, you know? Um, the church, you know, at being a body of believers coming together to live for Christ has always survived and will always survive until Christ comes again to fully redeem the church, you know? And I just think that's crazy cool. And the question of who can be against us is best illustrated in the life and the story of the church. I just think of everything that's going in the world right now. And you feel like, like John said, you feel like the odds are stocked, stacked against you, not right. stocked against you. But <laughs> in a way, it's like a stocked up tower and it just, you know, keeps getting added up, added up and it's a barrier and it's in the way and, you know, just a lot of hopelessness um, right now. And it's true that God is still for you, even in the midst of COVID, right. in the midst of 2020 and anything you'll ever go through. Right. In the midst of how you feel or how yes. you perceive what's happening around you, God is for you. Yes. Your emotions change, but God is constant. Absolutely. Which is, I'm so grateful for that because I, my emotions are not trustworthy. Girl, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I think that just remembering that God is for us is such a good thing to put in the bottom of our hearts and just lean on in times of struggling. And it's, I think, definitely one of those things that we won't understand fully until the other side. Just the mystery um, of faith. Just the mystery, <laughs> yeah. Just another one of those fun mysteries of just like, this is a profound statement. I'm going to fully understand this concept someday. And um, once again, I think that's why Christians can look at death so differently. Like I just had a friend um, whose grandpa passed away this weekend. I mean, he had been put on hospice and she was, she came over to my house on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I don't remember. But she was like, yeah, my grandpa's on hospice and he's going to pass. And the But the conversation wasn't, I mean, it's the beginning of grief, of course. She's yes. going, their family will yes. grieve. But she was like, he's been a Christian his whole life. He's ready to go home. We're good. Like, it, it's okay, you know. And, um, you know, death doesn't have that sting anymore. Like, yeah, it hurts the living because, you know, we, we grieve the loss. But we'll see you again. And mm -hmm. um, you did well here. And, and there's another side, you know. It, it's a, it makes death almost beautiful, which yes. I think destroys the enemy. Yes. You know, like the enemy was like, ha ha, I'm going to give death. You know, <laughs> death is now a consequence. <laughs> yes, you will die. And then now us Christians are like, you know what? It's kind of beautiful. Yeah. Like I've lived my journey. I'm ready to go be with Jesus for the next part of my life. <laughs> <laughs> like it's almost funny just how much we're just kind of like the enemy has no power. Like exactly, what can you do to me? Yes. Yeah. So good. So good. And so then, um, you know, his next point was one of his next points was um, we don't have to. I can't read my own handwriting. What does that say? Prove our. We don't have to prove ourselves. I couldn't read my handwriting. Sorry mm -hmm. about that. Um, we don't have to prove ourselves, which. I think if you just look at, your, at yourself in a mirror and just say, hey, Melissa, you don't have to prove yourself. Like every morning, like there would be a weight lifted off of you. I think even those who aren't big people pleasers, like 
we all get into this mode of I have to do enough. Exactly. And I think it just has to do with society and work. Like, okay, yeah. you know, people take me seriously if I prove A, B, C. Yeah. Or, you know, the if same. I can just get this done. Exactly. Or, you know, academically, like, oh, I'll be smart enough mm. if I can rattle off this part of the textbook and this, like, history right. concept. Right. And I love, you know, just success is so celebrated in the United States. Like yes. it's a huge thing here. Ambition is is praised and all these things which aren't necessary. Those two things aren't bad. We just need to re-put them back in the right place they belong in our Christian mm-hmm. life. Um, and I love it. You know, Christ didn't call us to be successful. He called us to be faithful. Yes. And I think too often we approach everything as being successful, including our life with Christ. And it's about being faithful, not successful. Mm-hmm. Um and I just think lifting, there's just a giant burden on everyone, especially in the United States and maybe across the world. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. live there, but I can tell you for sure in the United States, there's just <laughs> this burden of do the right thing, be a good person, be successful. And how beautiful is it that that's not the Christian's call. That's not what we're, that's not our, the burden we're supposed to bear. We're supposed to bear Christ um, and just that distinction. And sometimes it's small and subtle, but I think that's a huge thing that if we can get that into our our stubborn little brains (laughs) we can see some really cool things happen yeah Yeah, so I hope that um, I just hope that you guys have gotten this has been helpful that's my goal for every (laughs) podcast is that just help you digest the sermon and find more and more ways to apply it to your life and so um, Lauren do you have any last thoughts you want to share yes Um, I would say just whoever is listening is that you are already broken free from your sin you do not have to keep going back to it. Um, You're set free. You're out of prison. And, um, you know, God is just there to wrap you in his arms, even like during the sin. But, um, you know, he is just there for you no matter what. Yeah. Forgiven is forgiven. Yes. Bottom line. Yes. Absolutely. That's so lovely. Would you pray for our listeners? Yes. Hey, God, I just want to thank you for today. And I just want to thank you for this awesome community and being able to chat with Melissa and all those listening out there um, about how you are for us. And I just pray if there is anyone out there who is on the fence about this, that their hearts will be softened and they just know that you are for them no matter what. They don't have to. um, Mark any boxes. They don't have to go along with the modern society that you are constant, you are never changing, you love them so much. And I just hope that the burden, whatever burden may be on this person's heart is lifted and they just rest in the full presence of you. We love you so much. Amen. Amen.